Hey everybody, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we continue our study in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 11 reads, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage, and to Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And then they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that had been cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. On the following day, when they came to Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and who does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then do you not believe him? But if we say from man, they were afraid of the people, for they all held John was really a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. All right. Today, sharing our nugget of truth is Nicole Neal. And Nicole has been at the church since before it was even planted. And she's been serving in student ministry for over 10 years. And we're blessed to have her share the nugget of truth here from Mark chapter 11 today. Okay. So today, where I'm focusing on is in chapter 11, verse 9. And it's the people that came and followed and they were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father, David, Hosanna in the highest. And what struck me is the people, they got it right. They are proclaiming an awesome proclamation of who Jesus is and that he is the Savior. And he is about to do the most miraculous thing for them. But it's not what they were expecting. So they had the right answer. 
but they were so wrong in that application and in their motivation of that. And then in thinking about how many times do I do that in my life that I know the right answer, but it's just words and my heart is not in it. And that is not the type of believer that I want to be in it, nor is that what the Lord is seeking because he's seeking those that um, honor him, not just from their mouth, but also from their heart. Yeah. And that's definitely a struggle for so many of our listeners, I'm sure, is growing up in the church, growing up around God's word, knowing the things to say, but really looking to play the part in the good crowd, but also then following the bad crowd in terms of what takes place and just not being proactive in what we're doing. And so as you think about what that looks like, what encouragement would you have for somebody who is trying to think through, how do I know whether these words are truly an affirmation of what I believe, or am I just following what's around me? It's easy for us to come to sing worship songs, uh, to say different things that uh, have religious connotations to them that we've learned But how do we know if this is a reflection of our heart or if this is just empty words and empty praises or a lack of understanding like these people in our text have? That is a really good question. And honestly, there are some times in life when just have to do things out of duty because you know that they're right, but that's not where you want to stay. And I would say encouragement or ways and checks and balances is just to look at the activities that I'm doing in the day and um, how I'm spending my time consciously thinking about what what am I, am I actually thinking about and then redirecting as needed back into the Word. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think that there are some times when in our lives we have to do the right thing, even when our heart's not there. Obviously, I'm a dad. I have to care for my kids and I have to love them and I have to provide for them. Even on days when my selfish tendencies are outweighing my desire to be the father and the husband and the dad that I've been called to be. And so we have to focus on those. We have to make the right choices when we can uh, do that out of duty and out of responsibility for the people around us. I appreciate how you focused us on looking at, hey, the totality. And there'll be times where we get up on a Sunday morning and we're singing these songs, but our mouths are saying these words, but we're not really prepared to do or to worship in that way. And they may not be a reflection of how we currently are at that time. And so I want us to always think about why we're doing what we're doing. These people were really following the crowd. These people were just there for that. Hopefully, we're not following any crowd in terms of the good crowd trying to fit in with them or following a bad crowd to try to fit in with them. But instead, we're choosing to respond to how God has revealed himself to us. And that's what we're going to look at here as we extend this question into our next question. So the second question that I have here from our text is revealing even more of what's going on with Jesus and his understanding of these people. So obviously the people that you just mentioned, Jesus knows the people who are crying out Hosanna are going to be the same people who are going to be crying out crucify later in the book. And as we look later in the chapter, we come back to a picture that is becoming all too uh, repetitious here in the gospel of Mark. And that's 
the crowds or the people challenging him. And so really the challenges are coming from these religious elite, but they're over and over again challenging what he's saying. And sometimes he gives them great answers, but today he does something a little bit different. Here in Mark 12, he doesn't really answer their question. He turns it around on him and says, well, I want you to answer this for me. If you can't answer that, I don't feel like I have to answer your question. And so I want to phrase our question in this way. As we live our life according to God's will, according to God's commands, and according to God's grace, we're going to experience people who are questioning what we're doing, why we're doing it. And sometimes that can kind of be discouraging as we know that they're trying to place seeds of unbelief in our life by the way they're questioning, how they're questioning, how they're discouraging us. And so what would we say to somebody who is experiencing that? How can they draw from what Jesus has done here and not feel like they always have to give an answer when the people truly don't want to believe, but are instead trying to entrap somebody. Well, I would say that one of the first things to do would be to stop and pray and ask the Lord for help in this. Um, we're promised that if we ask for that, he's going to give it in the time that we need. Also, unlike Jesus, we can't see into the hearts of what they're doing or what they're saying, but you can kind of sense from conversations if they're really wanting to know, or if they're just wanting to be antagonistic towards the gospel and towards you. The other thing I would say is to remember that it's not necessarily you that they're having the offense against, but it's the gospel and Jesus, and that Jesus already warned that the world was going to hate us because they hated him. And that's ultimately, they're rejecting God and not you in that moment. And it could be that they're just confused or from what they've been taught, and this is they're just not ready yet to listen. I would say, guess, pray for discernment and then to share what you can. And then if you have to walk away or end the conversation, just pray for peace and that uh, you've been a good example as to sharing what you can. That's so good, Nicole. I mean, obviously we say, hey, be like Jesus, be like Jesus, but there's some ways we can't be like Jesus. We can't see through to the heart. We don't know what's going on in these people's heads. And so definitely, hey, stop, pray, ask for his guidance, his spirit to help you to know whether this is a person who wants to know the truth or who wants to be contentious, who wants to work through these things. And so Jesus obviously was able to do that, to delicately walk through these conversations with other people. And hopefully as we're connecting with him in prayer, as we're allowing the spirit to lead us, we can have the same type of response to those who are coming that ultimately extends God's glory, makes much of his name, and allows people to truly know and experience who he is. And so today, as you go through this chapter, look about and find other questions that you might have. We skipped over some big things. The lesson with the fig tree there, there's a lot of other things in this chapter that you might have questions about. Look at those questions, find those answers, talk with other people about that so that we're collectively learning and growing in God's word so that as we do that, we're bringing glory to his name. And so as we do that today, know that you are loved. You're-